0: Welcome to our July episode of the Crossroads Forum. I'm your host and BIC Executive Director, Brian Gould. I'm really excited to have our guest on the podcast today, not only because of his background and experience within the engineering industry, but also his tenure as the current mayor of the city of Noblesville, Mayor Chris Jensen. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Hey,
1: good morning, Brian. It's great to see you online versus at the baseball field where we normally run into each other.
0: That's right. That's right. I kind of had to rub it in your face a little bit earlier, but our Westville team, after losing to Noblesville maybe 20 times this summer, we finally got a victory over you guys. So it was still the weekend didn't pan out as we'd hoped. Zionsville had our number. but had some fun out at the Noblesville ball diamonds this summer. You know, I think I've been in Noblesville probably two to three days a week for the last four months here. So
1: well hopefully you're spending all your money at our restaurants and pumping gas over here and all, all the all the good things you need to do in Noblesville. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, before we kind of jump
0: into some of the big ticket issues here, I want to say kind of a congrats on your nomination for a second term as mayor there in Noblesville. Always exciting to get through that primary race, and I think you're going to be fine come this fall, but congratulations on that. So, big, big hey, news. Thank Glad you. to you run for office again.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, it, it's something I, I never ever imagined I'd be mayor of my hometown <laughs> in the first place. Four years ago, the primary was very different than this time around. It was kind of nice to Get a little bit of a free pass, and hopefully that that says something about what we're doing in our community. You know, in terms of the investment we're making, not only in infrastructure but in economic development and quality of life, that people are seeing the fruits of that. That, or they just realize how unfun the job can be at times, and no one wants to sign. <laughs> it. So, I would like to think that it was a it was a stamp of approval of what we're doing in our community.
0: I, I would agree with you there. I think so too. Hey, one other big congrats, my boys. I've got three boys who are all big basketball guys, and. So to my dismay, I'm a college basketball guy, but they are NBA. And boy, when the news broke that the Pacers G League team is coming to Noblesville, my kids were ready to buy tickets. They were ready to go. So congrats on that, too. I think that was some awesome news this spring. Well,
1: talk about something again that wasn't necessarily on my radar screen. You know, the Pacers were kind of looking at their next chapter of their G League investment. The G League has exploded across the country. So many G League teams are actually in and around the suburban communities, other NBA affiliates. So I think COVID kind of forced them to kind of rethink that model. They approached us yeah. and we're excited to ha- have them in Noblesville. I think they're going to be a huge economic driver for our East side. I think a partner like the Pacers in an any community is great. And, and so we're excited to see the investment that they can bring. And with us involved, w- what people can, can expect to see in Hamilton County is some quality basketball. You know, these folks are... Oftentimes, I think fifty-four percent of NBA players have played on, on their on their G yeah. League team, and they can be playing yeah. for the the G League team on Monday, and then playing for the Pacers on Wednesday, which is incredibly exciting to have in Hamilton County.
0: Right, definitely. Well, hey, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the infrastructure work that's going on in Noblesville there, and that's. You know, one of the key things now that I've spent some time over there, a little more time than normal, one thing that you just, you can't visit Noblesville without noticing is the major work, both vertical and horizontal, that's happening there, especially since you took office. But things are just booming all over the city, downtown, a lot of major road projects. Do you want to highlight some of the major ones you guys have been working on and kind of where some things stand right now?
1: Sure. I'll stick to to roads. Obviously, that's probably what folks are more interested in. I want to also, before I get started, just thank the so many industry partners that we have. You know, we at City Hall can only do so much. We can launch a vision. We could put the team in place, but so many of your partners across the state and across the country, quite frankly, Brian, are the ones that are bringing the uh, the materials literally and physically right. to, the, to the table to get these things done. You know, we when we got, got in office, one of the biggest projects we talked about was a new east to west corridor called Pleasant Street. Many of our partners have heard about it. We've talked about it since the 80s. It's been on our thoroughfare plan since 1995. And, you know, if you've visited Hamilton County at all, you know that east to west traffic is not getting any better. Okay. And I said, you know, I, even if they throw me out after the first four years, I'm building that road. So that was infrastructure and quite frankly, administrative priority number one. And I can tell you though, when we dove in, I, I quickly learned why my predecessors didn't greenline that project. <laughs> it has not been easy. Anytime you bring a new yeah. east to west corridor or through an urban core, it, it's a challenge. You're dealing with people's yeah. homes, you're dealing with businesses, and quite frankly, you're dealing with a massively expensive project. Back in 1999, the original cost estimate was somewhere between... 5 and $10 million to get that corridor done. And we're going to build it all in. We'll be done by the end of 2025 on a $125 million corridor. So that's that's a big lift for a local community. We will locally fund $98 million of that. We're partnering with the MPO on some of it awesome. and also our friends at Hamilton County. But yeah. that'll, that'll relieve about 30% of traffic in our downtown. It will connect at State Road 32 and Hague Road. will free flow out to State Road 37 as just another access point across the White River. Much needed. And not just a roadway it's a it's a it's a boulevard that will also have the midland trace trail attached to it which will connect to our friends in downtown westfield and then you can get the monon and go down to indianapolis you can hit the downtown noblesville you can hit the nickel plate and get all the way down through fishers in indianapolis so it's multimodal it's not just it's not just roads so that's been a huge investment that's under construction currently all three phases should be done in 2025 we've also had an incredible partnership with our friends at ndot we have many state roads flowing through our community which is Wonderful and also a challenge at the same time, but we've partnered with them on about five different roundabouts throughout the community on 32 and 38 to just help traffic mobility. We brought dollars to the table. We're matching them 50-50 on those projects, but I appreciate Commissioner Smith and before him, Commissioner McGinnis and the governor's team for being willing to think outside the box with us if we were willing to bring some local resources to the table they're also willing to bump things up on a priority list and, and move those forward. So those are two main ones. Then also you have the State Road 37 corridor that I'm sure a lot of your uh, partners have known about, that Southern Lake is substantially complete, minus a new bidding at 141st at some point in time. But our goal is to get that project on up into Noblesville, all the way up to State Road 32, 38, and had some great conversations. So that'll be the next major infrastructure project that we're going to undertake.
0: Gotcha. you. You know, these are all just I mean, they're they're fantastic projects like you kind of mentioned earlier. You've got the challenges on the front side where constituents, the traveling public, they might be a little weary. Nobody likes to see more orange barrels out there maybe than our industry. But these are the projects when you talk about everything that's happening. I mean, these are the things that are going to attract people to live in Noblesville, Hamilton County, that are going to make the commuters lives so much easier once these projects are done. And just that connection and being able to get from point A to point B. My kids are really starting to learn the value of being able to hop on a bike and get, you know, they can't they can't drive a car yet, but my kids are getting out there on the trails and getting to explore a little bit more. So it's just fantastic stuff that you guys are working on right now.
1: Well, and, and you know, we talk all the way down from the governor's office on down through every community now so much about quality of life. And, right. and you know, if we want to be attractive, you know, Indiana does not have. Mountains. We we don't have an ocean. We but so we have to kind of sell ourselves on other things, and we have to sell ourselves on natural assets. We have the White River. We have strong trail connectivities. But we also ha- we also have to have communities that are commutable, that are that that you can tr- that you can get through on a, on a Thursday evening to get to basketball practice without right. wanting to pull your hair out. Yeah, you know, that speaks to quality of life so much, Brian. And so I think that's what it's not just a roadway. It's investment in quality of life. I have a good example on the far east side. We have good friends of ours at it, what's currently called Ruoff Music Center. But a lot of mm-hmm. folks will say Deer Creek. And that's the original right. version. Yeah. And, and I can respect that. <laughs> we we invested in a new roundabout, about a $7 million roundabout at 146 in Olio, just on the east side of Ruoff. And we opened it in october a couple years ago and just in time for ruoff's last concert of the year which is chris stapleton sold out show that roundabout was opened and they were able to clear that parking lot in fit in 37 minutes, which was 53 wow. minutes faster than they have ever, right. ever been able to clear the entire Ruoff parking lot. Now you might say, "Oh, that's just a number," but that's quality of life. If right. folks do a concert, they don't yes. want to get stuck in a parking lot for yeah. two hours trying to get out of there and transverse through intersections. And, and that speaks directly to economic impact in the city of Noblesville. Yep. And I appreciate Ruoff knows that they know the investment yes. that we have made and the quality of life on the east side of Noble, so that's driving new business to our community. Yep, absolutely.
0: All great things. So hey, I wanted to hit on, you kind of talked about the skin in the game or what the city is bringing to the table here. I mean, we obviously know a lot of projects come funded from state revenue sources or federal dollars that are coming in. You guys have quite a few resources that are out there, whether it's TIF dollars, edit dollars, the NDH and LRS comes from the state, community cross. I mean, I could go on and on here, but do you want to highlight some of the bigger revenue sources you guys are working with, and maybe some ways you're trying to get a little more flexible with them, or how you're making these projects happen?
1: Yeah. First of all, one of the first things we launched when we came in office was we wanted to have for the first time ever a ten-year capital improvement plan. You know, with all of our capital assets, both vertical and horizontal, so we yeah. knew what we were dealing with, and, and that came down to a ten-year capital plan of about a eight hundred million dollars of projects that are, quite frankly, unfunded. I mean, you're going to work them into some budgets over time, but for the most part are unfunded. So right away, that showed me that we can either think outside the box or we can wait for manna from heaven to fall, you know, and which one's going to happen (laughs) first. Right, yeah, yeah. And you have to think, and and you have your traditional, you know, we have maxed out our community crossings grant program every single year, which every community hopefully is doing that has been a great program from the state, one that I think we need to probably even make some tweaks on going forward to look at the disparity across the board of different communities and how, you know, that that is being used. And I think legislators are really open to that, which I truly appreciate that. But we've been able to, you know, we've announced since 2007, we've repaved 30 miles of roadway. I'm just checking my facts here. I have a total of $9.15 million, 4.4 from the state, 4.6 from the city. That's a huge, that's a huge, that's a huge partnership right And, and that that has been really focused on repayment resurfacing obviously that program has been great but then again with that $800 million unfunded project. As you take a look at it, one of the options we have as a city of our size is the ability to do a local wheel tax. And mm-hmm. I can tell you I'm very hesitant of any type of new revenue source that yeah. comes from taxpayers you know, to reinvest. But at the same time, we made the case over several months and very strategically to the public that, hey, for this dollar amount, I think it's $25 a year we're able to max out. Um, On your on your BNB registration that just provided X amount back into our coffers directly towards public infrastructure, you know, and again, super hesitant to do that I am a small government fiscal conservative guy, but I'm also very, very mindful of making investments in our community. And right. we were able to pass that wheel tax at 9 nine zero vote. I think one person mm-hmm. spoke against it. Uh, and I, that's a whole other commentary for another day, <laughs> to be honest with you, another show. But I think the public showed that if you show them the value of the dollar of what they're investing, yes. that they're willing right. to do that. And then and then now we've been able to go to the legislature and say, all right, guys, we, we've we done, you know, I, I worked for the state for a long time. I worked yeah. when major moves happen. I worked when property tax happened. I gave the talking points when I was on the other side of, oh, look at all these tools that we're giving locals. Okay, well, really those are a lot of them are just local taxes that you can pass, but right. that's commentary yeah. for right. another day. But yeah. we've, we've done them. We've implemented the tools and now we can go back and say, all right, and not like we've done X, we've done Y, we've done Z. We're all in. What? How can we partner together on even the next thing? And that's what's gotten us to, you know, our roundabout conversations on 32 right. and 38. Right. They've seen that we have put skin in the game. That we're not afraid afraid of it, and that we're willing to go tell the public why this is important. Yeah, and you know, and I think also something that's
0: kind of changed in the last maybe decade or so is constituents see the value in investing in infrastructure. Nobody 100%. wants potholes. Nobody wants dilapidated roadways. But when you say, "Hey, look, yes, we're going to implement this this municipal wheel tax, but we're going to fix your roads. We're going to cut forty five minutes off your your drive out of Ruoff. We're going to cut ten minutes off your commute every single day." Constituents get that. And it's not a Republican Democrat issue.
1: No. And, and I think I, I do think it is somewhat of a generational issue. I, I would say yeah. that you know younger yeah. generations, you know, you're you and I are both millennials trying every day to make millennials look good compared to what you read in the newspaper. And, <laughs> and even, you know, younger, if you show them the value of like, hey, for X, you're going to get this trail network by your house all day long. All yep, day long, absolutely. you know, yeah. and and we put we've tried to put make sure we put parameters in place, safeguards in place for those that are on fixed incomes, low incomes, you know, to protections yeah. in place to protect them. That's part of our job as community leaders. But I think yeah. you're right. If you make the case of the value of what what you're getting, people are willing to give you the benefit. They may not love it. They may not be right. happy about right. it. And I yeah. totally respect it. I don't care if I'm paying three hundred dollars of the BMV or three hundred twenty-five dollars of the BMV. I don't yeah. love it. Right. right. So yeah. but but I, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to local leaders if they can show me the value.
0: Yeah. Hey, one other thing I want to go back to before we move off of revenue sources for you guys is community crossings, because I think we our, our industry is going to kind of align with you guys here. An issue that you have in Noblesville is so community crossings program goes live in 2016. We've got a million dollar cap on that. Here we are seven years later, we still have a million dollar cap. So the scope of work that you guys could get done with a million dollar grant isn't nearly what it was seven years ago. So I think that alone is an argument of, like you said, hey, maybe it's time to take a look at it, make some tweaks to the program, maybe some adjustments so we can see that same benefit that we saw seven years ago and keep this a strong, sustainable program.
1: So. Well, I think I think that's a valid point, Brian, and I think, you know, I, I chair Ames Legislative Committee, um, mm-hmm. and so I have to speak always very carefully when, I, when I'm talking about a legislative issue like that, because right. I'm trying to speak on behalf, I mean, today I'm speaking on behalf of Noblesville, but I'm trying right. to be careful of how we frame true. that conversation. Yeah. Right. I think there's ways going forward that we can make sure that we're holding smaller communities harmless yeah. While also expanding the benefit in larger communities, you know, again, a, a million dollars in Lagodi, Indiana. I, I love Lagodi, by the way. And I always use that example because it's a quintessential small town, Indiana right. is very different than a million dollars in Noblesville, Indiana, or quite frankly, a million dollars in Indianapolis, Indiana. Right. Right. You know, and so how are we maybe reevaluating that eight years in seven years in to keep the program strong, viable, Keep, keep smaller communities moving in the right direction the way they want to, hold them harmless, but also maybe open up that cap for other opportunities. I think you can even see broader benefit. But I think a lot of that goes back to if we're going to talk about that, then communities have to make sure that they are exercising their local options and making sure right. that they're all in on the tools that they have been given.
0: Yeah. So one last question for you here. As you mentioned, you chair Ames Legislative Committee. We've got a big undertaking this year at the state house, typically summer study committees, you know, there's not a whole lot to them, but this year, the the first task force that's funding Indiana's roads for a stronger, safer tomorrow, the task force is getting back together. We're getting the old band back together here. It's been seven years. We're going to take a look at road funding needs where we can come up with some new mechanisms to address those needs from a local perspective. What are your thoughts on the task force? What are your thoughts on where local needs are at right now how can we help cities, towns, counties as we have this conversation this summer?
1: Well, I think, I think a lot of what the first task force has even hit on too is kind of the the changes to the funding form. You know, we there's there's dollars attached to, da- to the gas tax, you know, gasoline usage, and going forward. But as we see a big onslaught of EV coming forward right. that's going to have to be reimagined we're seeing that on infrastructure needs and luckily there's some pretty good federal dollars right now right. kind of around this topic but you know we're seeing every development we do in downtown noblesville this one right here is 11 i do not sure you can yeah. see it but right behind me you know we had to make sure that we put ev charging stations in there we didn't yeah. have to we wanted to because that is a huge need for our community well the more and more needs that are coming on and and in and, and new ways of of travel oftentimes those are unfunded to us, right? Those are yeah, unfunded right. somewhat mandates that we yeah. that we take on. So we we just want, from a task force perspective, just folks continuing to look at what makes sense across the board. How are those dollars being spent? You know, again, the community crossings conversations folded probably right in there as well. And then yeah. you know, what, what are some of the modern technologies and, and the modern wants of people in our communities? You talk about safe streets too. There's a lot of funding around Uh, safe streets and planning for safe streets we're seeing especially in suburban communities like noblesville and this isn't for everybody but we're seeing a massive migration out of urban into suburban that folks want remote work that, you know, we're starting to attract more corporate headquarters. That's attracting more and more people living in downtown. Well, that changes the usage of our our roads downtown to be multimodal, to be more bike friendly, to be more pedestrian friendly. And those are just going to come with increased needs. So we have to just continue to look at that formula and how that's being applied on a local level.
0: Yeah, that's an outstanding point. So, all right. Well, Mayor Jensen, we really appreciate you joining us on the Crossroads Forum today. Keep up uh-huh. the great work. I, I love when I get to spend some time in Noblesville. So again, thanks for being on the, the podcast today. Well,
1: I appreciate that. And again, I, I'm genuinely sincere when I say it, it takes a village here. And I appreciate all the partners that are listening, all your members, Brian, for the Build Indiana Council that that are, that make these projects possible. I know we harp on them sometimes from our end as, as leaders, but they're they're huge partners and absolutely necessary in order to get the job done. Boom. Thank you. Wow. One take.
0: Look at that. No issues. So I'm a one hit wonder, man. I know. Right. Well, it's not your first
1: podcast. You can tell. I enjoyed it, though. Thank you for having me.